I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. There are various ways you can be involved, and one of those is to be in our private Facebook group. The other is to be sign up to our email list so you get all the latest information. But what I'm looking to do is to actually find a way of being able to interact in a much more direct way to everybody who's listening to the show. So I have an idea of recording a podcast as part of a live video stream where my guest will be available and you can come along, watch the stream, but also in the comments, ask some questions and get involved in the conversation. Now, if this is something you think will be a good idea and something you'd like to be part of, please just drop me an email, mark at educationonfire.com and I'll let you know some details. Now, most people are overwhelmed by the amount of paper and digital information in their lives. Dr. Frank Buck makes organisation easy so you can increase productivity, decrease stress and enjoy life. Global Gurus ranked Frank number one in the world in the time management category for 2019, 20, 21 and 22. Now his career took him from band director to principal to central office administrator and now to productivity coach, writer and speaker. Now this is a fascinating conversation and it's certainly given me lots of ideas of things that I'm going to be implementing in my life to take the stress out but also to make myself much more productive and also have better time management skills. So I hope you enjoy this, my conversation with Dr. Frank Buck. Hello Dr. Frank Buck, thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I know that you've got the answer to so many people's problems and certainly mine in terms of organisation and and that kind of keeping on top of things. So um, thanks very much for joining us. Mark, it's a pleasure. I just, I love to talk about this stuff so much and, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully share a little bit of something that's going to make life easier, give you something that you can use every day that makes life a little bit easier, a little more enjoyable. Fantastic. So let's just initially start with the the journey, because it seems a long way from band director to speaker, author, and and generally sort of organization guru. So take us on that journey slightly. Gosh, I think the journey really begins my senior year of high school. You know, I was... I was one of those kids like anybody else. I, you know, wrote my homework on the back of my hand or on any random scrap of paper and stuck it in a textbook. And the senior year was a little bit different with all of the things going on. And I realized I need some kind of system to get me organized. Well, there were no podcasts you could listen to back in 1976. Uh, there were there was nothing digital, so I, I wound up coming up with my own little system that was basically an index card in my pocket where on the front of the card was the things that I had planned for the day, and anything that came up later during the day got written on the back of the card. First period, they gave you your homework, back of the card. Second period, they give you your homework, back of the card. Pretty girl gives you her phone number, jotted on the back of the card. I get home and I have exactly one job. 
handle the card. And the tools have changed over the decades, but the idea of write things down, put it in your system immediately has made life so much easier for me. And then you look at what you wrote down, whether it was pencil and paper or electronically, organize that stuff in a logical order, and then uh, get busy doing it. So yeah, um, graduated college, became a junior high band director, and you wouldn't believe all the little bitty things that it takes to put on something as simple as a junior high band concert. I had no clue. But because at that time I kind of had a, no, an organized system, as I was uncovering all of the to-dos and capturing them pencil and paper-wise, once you did it once, it was the same little set of to-dos the next time. So the idea way back then of grabbing those repeating tasks, and we all have them, things you do every week, every month, every year. The only difference with me was I was grabbing them as they were occurring, and the next time I did that project, there were all of the to-dos. So I was uh, a junior high band director for 12 years and then decided I wanted to go into school administration and uh, just run the whole place. I was a middle school assistant principal for four years and then uh, got my own school, elementary principal for nine, uh, central office administrator for three years. And along that time, um, I began doing workshops on organization and time management and writing articles, um, even had my first book in the work. So it was at that point I decided I was old enough to draw a full retirement from public education, almost 30 years, but still young enough to do something different. So I, I retired in 2009 to uh, be able to go and do this and give a second career uh, a chance to sort of flourish. So uh, organization, time management, I've spoken you know, all, all over the United States, uh, into Canada, and uh, even in Australia, just helping people to find a better way to work and play. And it really seems to be, you sort of touched on this right at the beginning, it's it's almost like a mindset idea, isn't it, to begin with? Because like I said, it was different back in the 70s than it is now in terms of mm -hmm. whether you're jotting things down on pen and paper or whether you have an electronic version. But it's it's almost the process of kind of, I know this is here, I know as all these things happen, I know where they're going to be. And like I say, even if it's an immediate solution that can then be moved into folders or programs or whatever later on. Um, and so do you find it is that sort of mindset is almost the first conversation you're having when you're sort of setting these things up? Yeah, that's to me, that's 75% of it right there having that habit of putting it in the system immediately you know even to this day even though even though i'm very digital and i know people are hearing us and not seeing us but this is in my pocket all the time and what it is you know we all need a place to put our credit cards so just a, a little something to stick in my pocket that has a place for a few credit cards and a memo pad so that wherever i am um you know, if it's not a place I can pull out my phone, I can pull that out and jot something down. And I tell people this, as soon as I write it down, I earn the right to forget about it. So the difference between me and most people is I'm not worried about what I'm about to forget. And gosh, when I get back home, I need to do da-da-da-da-da. And on Tuesday, I can't forget. 
we've got so much coming at us, there is no way that the average person can keep it all in their head. And then so what happens is we forget that appointment. We forget that to do. We let somebody else down, and then we beat ourselves up because we're so stupid. Well, my message is, no, you're not stupid. We're just asking ourselves to do something that we realistically can't do. So what I'm doing is actually so much easier. Throw it in the system. Trust the system to throw it back at you at the right time. So it's having the system, having the good system, so that it will throw it back to you at the right time. And I think the thing it just makes me even just kind of have a sigh of relief. It's almost like you said, that sense of I can forget about this now. Uh-huh. You know, everyone's yeah. minds are just so full of so much stuff. And I think that kind of is it's the same sort of philosophy, I guess, is um in the evening, sort of writing what you're gonna do for the next day. It kind of it just empties out your brain, gives yes. yourself a bit of time Absolutely. to relax overnight. And and this does the same thing during the day, really. Yeah. And I think the first clue, you know, I told you about being a senior in high school, but thinking even before that, a little kid, you know, seven or eight years ago, hanging out at my dad's office. You know, right near as we're recording this, it's it's hot where I am here in Alabama. The summers are hot. At least now, air conditioning is ubiquitous. When I was a kid growing up in the '60s, it wasn't, but my dad's little office was. He was a lawyer in a one-man shop in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I, I used to like to go and hang out at his office during some of those summer days. So I noticed that the first thing he always did was go to this one filing cabinet drawer, open it, and inside were these folders that were just simply labeled 1, 2, 3, 4, up to 31. So if it was the 15th day of the month, he pulled out folder number 15. And in that folder was paperwork related to all of the people who were coming to see him that day. So it was like there was his whole day in that folder. And then he just worked through those packets of papers as those people came in to see him. And then they would make an appointment you know, when they were coming to see him again. And then each person's packet of papers went in the folder representing the day of the month they were coming back again. And I thought that was so simple and so neat that there was his whole day in that folder. And at the end of the day, his desk was clean again. And so that stuck with me. When I became a band director, the very first thing I did was start labeling my own folders so that all that paperwork that was coming my way that I needed sometime in the future, oh, I got to, I got to remember to take this form with me to the faculty meeting on Monday. Well, instead of laying it on the corner of the desk and hoped that Monday I saw it, Put it in Monday's folder, and I earn the right to forget about it. And then on Monday, pull the folder. There's that stupid piece of paper along with anything else that at some time in the past I wanted to come back to me today. And and to this day, I still use that. It's called a tickler file. I still use that. The only thing now is, with all the stuff coming to you digitally and all the little things to do, see, back then, I would take the little memo pad if there was something I was supposed to do. I'd jot it on my little memo pad. At the end of the day, tear all the little sheets off, drop them in the tickler file for the days I wanted to see them again, and I'm good. So nowadays, I throw it in my digital tablets. I, I use Remember the Milk, RememberTheMilk.com. You can get it for free. And I get everything, uh, everything gets a due date. 
that represents, here's when I want to see this again. So it's like, this is just like the tickler file that I saw when I was eight years old, only in a digital version. And so that's what keeps me on track. And, uh, and the big thing, it allows me to, to be 100% focused on this interview. After you and I talk, I got a busy rest of the day planned, but I'm not thinking about any of that. It's tucked away on my task list, and we'll work through it, and we're going to have a good time with everything on there, be with the freedom to focus on whatever's next and handle it, and then go on to whatever's next. I love the fact you touched there on the on the digital element as well because there are so many things like you say coming in backwards and forwards, mm -hmm. um, and 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 there's that particular one. And talk us through how that works. Is it a note that you have to do, or can you drag things in from different applications which are related to it? How, how does it work? Absolutely. Okay. So so we've talked about. It. I give everything a date so that you know the things I'm seeing today are the things that I've specifically given a date of today along with anything I didn't get done yesterday it's automatically going to roll over don't ha never have to rewrite any kind of list uh, things that are repeating every week every month every year I can tell it to repeat and it shows up when it needs to but then the ability to just add to it with my voice you know I can say uh, call Mark on Friday and it even recognizes Friday and gives it that particular due date. So, you know, you can never do that with your paper planner. You know, you talk to your paper planner, people think you're crazy because you would have been. But now voice input is so easy. Uh, another big thing is, is email. You know, we get so many emails and in the body of that email, it, it embeds things to do. So you got people with all these emails sitting there because they're sort of reminders of sort of things they sort of have to do. So I have the ability and anybody that uses a good digital task list, that digital task list will give you a little email address such that anything sent to that email address goes on the to-do list. So I just put that in my contacts. So I get this email. It's something I need to do. I hit forward, forward it to that special little email address change the subject line of that email to what to how I want that task to read and then I'm done so over on my task list there's the to do and in the little note section is the entire body of the email so now I can get rid of the email and the to do is sitting over there on my to-do list. So when people say, Frank, how do you get your email back to empty every day? Well, that's a huge percentage of the clue right there. And that's amazing. I mean, there must be so many people listening now that are just kind of, well, one um, zero inbox, which is just <laughs> unheard of for so many people. Yeah. Um, but, 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 but also, so, you know, I think people's perception often is kind of, well, I can spend all day doing admin and then, you know, in a, in a week's time, I'm going to be back in the same boat. And to, mm -hmm. to hear how these systems and, and everything can help you means that as of today, you know, as of deciding that I'm going to make it different for my life, yes, um, that's going to make a difference. And it's and and I, and I like the fact that it's very habitual. You know, it's like I need to open this, or it this is. is going to show mm -hmm. up a bit like when you said I'm going to open the file, and it, and and in there's a folder. So as long as I open that drawer every day and I look in there, I know I'm good to go. Yeah, and um and 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 I and I really like that on both sides of the coin. 
Well, you, you know, and, and people say, well, well, Frank, what if you forget to check the tickler file? I said, okay, let's think about this one for a second. So we're going to sit down at a desk that's totally clear because your stuff's in your tickler file. And you're going to somehow think to yourself, oh, well, no paper to deal with today. No, you sit down at that clean desktop and there's going to be your reminder. Okay, pull the tickler file. Okay, so that's where today's paperwork is. And then at the end of the day, your desk is clean again. So it, it's like, you know, it, it, it really is like the instant reminder. And then with email, you know, we don't have this problem with the postal service. You know, nobody ever goes to their mailbox, opens the mail, reads the mail, puts the mail back in the mailbox. If we did, we would have a real problem quickly. We take it out and it's empty. And then we make decisions about what does this what is this mail? Oh, this is a bill that needs to be paid. Oh, this is a letter I need to read and respond to. Oh, this is a magazine. We got to do the same thing with our email. For me, an email in my inbox represents a decision that I have yet to make. And yeah, for me, you know, if there are three emails at the end of the day where I'm I'm just toast and I don't even want to think about it, that's fine. Those three are going to be there in the morning for me to make decisions about, not 3,003. So many people I know, they have every inbox that came to that computer since the day they unboxed it, you know, is sitting there in that email in inbox. Um, I think the record was 63,000. There's a magazine executive I was working with. He had 63,000 emails in his inbox. And when I left his office that day, it was at zero. And people said, Frank, what in the world? What do you hang? I said, well, so we already know about the to-dos. So we, we just forwarded those over to the, the digital task list. Now, and then you've got some emails that are reminders of places you need to be. Okay, put that on the calendar. So like with Outlook, you can just click and just drag the emails over to your Outlook calendar. With uh, If you're using Gmail in a Google calendar, there's the little three dots you can just click on and it'll say create event. Box pops up. The entire body of the emails in the little description section. Um, information you need to save because it's good reference information. I've got a little Evernote email address. I can just hit forward that straight into Evernote, get rid of the email. And then the biggie, people say, well, I still got all these thousands because I, I, I can't delete this email. What if I need it again? Thousands upon thousands of emails. What if I need it again? Well, that's great. Hang on to it, but not in the inbox. So I just show people how to archive it. They say, should I set up all these little folders? I, I know people that have folders for like every person they've ever met and they're dragging one little email at a time over there. Well, the more folders you have, the more chance it is to just drag it into the wrong folder. Search is so much easier. So just archive it. Then if you, if you ever need it again, you just go to your archive and search instead of going to your inbox and search. So now instead of working down through your emails and go, hmm, I've seen this email before, now I must be getting into yesterday's emails. If it's not empty, you still got more decisions to be made. And it, it's, it is such a, 
It is such a breath of fresh air to look at that empty email inbox. I've worked with so many people over the years that it was such a game changer to go from being overwhelmed with email to it's empty. And then you really are, like say, on a on a path that is unlike any other because most people haven't been in one and then back in then back to where they were. Once mm-hmm. like say you've made that game changing decision, yeah. <laughs> your life is forever like that because that's where you want to keep it going from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have got to make email a friend again because it's it's not. I, I remember a, a first year principal I worked with. And she says, Frank, don't get me wrong. I love my job. But email is eating me alive. She had twelve thousand emails, and that was just during that was during her first year as a principal. And and she said, you know, this is not sustainable. And so I I showed her the kind of thing that we've been talking about. And so uh, after I left her office, she called me a week later and she says, Frank, I got great news. I have seven hundred emails in my inbox, which doesn't sound great until you realize a week ago it was twelve thousand. And then she called me a week later and she said, are you sitting down? My inbox is empty. I said, how do you feel? She said, this is great. I will never go back to the way it was. Amazing. Um, so we've talked about email and we've talked about sort of organizing in terms of dates and that kind of thing. What other sort of things do you, do you cover when you're sort of um, coaching and, and supporting people? Well, you know, having the place for the paper to go, having the tickler file so that things that you need in the future are going to come back to you at the right time. Then set up the digital task list so that all the digital stuff comes back to you at the right time. And then the other big piece are the digital notes. And as I said, digital notes instead of digital document. So what's the difference? And the person that would really understand this difference probably better than anybody else would be somebody like my grandmother. You know, you you, you can almost smell the smells coming from that kitchen and those wonderful recipes were all little note cards. Each note card was one recipe. Now, she wasn't worried about one-inch margin. She wasn't hauling out the typewriter and having, you know, one, uh, you know, everything on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. No, it was, it was getting the information down in a form that was flexible, where she could pull a card and put it by the kitchen. She could pull a card to hand it to somebody else to share that recipe with them. But then when the church decided to put together a cookbook, she hauled out the typewriter, and that's where we had a document. For the last 40 years, we've been making everything a digital document. You know, First, we were, we were doing it so that we didn't have to retype that letter next year when all it needed was the new date. We could pull up something, we could make a change, and print it. And then we started sending email attachments. So we no longer had to print everything, although we were still printing a lot. Now with our phones, there's so many things that will never need to be printed at all. So it doesn't have to be on eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper. It needs to be in a form where we can find things easily. That search needs to be incredibly easy and the ability to share needs to be incredibly easy. So what we've seen is the rise of note-taking software 
Evernote being the one that I use. There's OneNote. Google has uh, Google Keep. And, uh, and people say, Frank, why Evernote? Why couldn't I just keep everything in, say, Google Docs? And my answer is, well, if Google Docs was a good parallel for Evernote, you wouldn't have Google Keep. Because Google Keep is the parallel it's it's the the note taking so we need that you know we need that place for the the papers to come back to us at the right time we need the place for the digital to do's to come back to us at the right time and then we need that place for all of our information as we navigate through this information age because what i tell people is you can have all the information you want to, but if you can't find it when you need it, you might as well not have it. And so a good note-taking system, so with Evernote, with nice notebooks, just kind of like Grandma's recipe box. That's kind of like her notebook. Uh, and the kinds of things, yeah, Frank, what kinds of things do you have in there? Like I have a little uh, folder, uh, or, or rather a, a notebook called Personal Information. Think about all the little bits of information, Mark, that you and I have in our lives. Your uh, Delta Sky Miles number, the Hilton Honors number, the code to get into the copying machine, uh, this membership number, that membership number, your license plate on your car, your driver's license number. It goes on and on and on and on and on. It's a little notebook called Personal Information, and there's a note that says A through C. So there, all there's my AARP membership number and the air conditioner filter size and the alpha insurance policy numbers, all the A through C's in my life, followed by a note for D through F. So that all of those kinds of things are there. Uh, I have a notebook called Journal, and you'll see a lot of notes in there that simply have the names of people. Think about stories that we've read about successful salespeople that owe their career to their ability to keep up with the people they've met and the conversations that they've had. And those things lived on note cards. One note card for this person, another for that person. And as they would have a significant conversation, they'd go back to that person's card and add that new conversation. Well, the 2020, 2022 version of that for me is, is Evernote, that journal notebook and a note for the people in my life. Uh, I write them a handwritten note, open their note and take a picture of it right there in Evernote. I get a nice note from somebody, nice handwritten note. I kind of want to hang on to that somewhere. Instead of hanging on to the piece of paper, go to their note, open the camera within the, within the note, take a picture, and it becomes part of the record of the interaction that I've had with that person. Over the years, it becomes quite significant. Uh, you're in a meeting. You want to take notes on the meeting right there in Evernote. And if there's a Word document that goes along with that meeting or a PowerPoint presentation, you can drag it right into the body uh, of that note. L you know, a little bit of learning curve to something as power powerful as Evernote, but you, know, you can get into it for free. And it's it's to me, it's one of those got-tos. How do you keep up with the information in your life? Not the documents again, but the information. I love that. And, and the only thing that strikes me, and I'm sure there'll be people listening thinking the same, is that when you've got so much personal information mm -hmm. within one space, how do you go about the privacy? Is how, how how do 
I mean, Evernote, for example, if they're not used to it, how, how does that work in terms of keeping all that information safe? All of us, privacy is a concern. And, and what I'd like to, to say is this, you know, think about back in the pencil and paper world, you know, if you had that sort of information in an address book or in a personal journal and that falls out of your briefcase or that falls out of your coat pocket onto the street and you don't realize it, think about the privacy issues there. So here with our digital things, well, you know, first of all, somebody would have to have your login information even to get there. I don't know that Evernote has ever had any kind of, of hack go on where information was compromised. So for somebody to get into my Evernote information, first of all, they're going to have to have my username and the password. Secondly, I got two-factor authentication turned on, so they're going to actually have to have something physical. They would have to not only have my login information, but also maybe like have, physically have my phone. So that, that's, a, that's a big stretch right there. And then even at that, if there was certain information within Evernote that it's like, gosh, I really can't have anybody getting this. I can encrypt certain things so that I could highlight maybe a certain number, right-click, say encrypt, and give it yet another password that someone would have to have. So it'd be a lot tougher to get in there than it would be to throw, say, a, a brick through the window of somebody's office, uh, you know, climb through the window, uh, monkey with the filing cabinet, you know, beat the lock with a hammer to get in there. Uh, yeah, privacy is always going to be a, an issue for us. But if, if you're doing some common sense things with your digital data, it's actually more secure than your pencil and paper information. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, makes such, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh... and Mark, I'll say this. A um, couple of years ago, I had a conversation. Uh, a friend of mine, he, uh, we were supposed to do a Zoom session together, and he, he didn't show up. And, and then he, he called and apologized later, and he said, he, at the office, he said, we had a fire. Uh, everything was destroyed. Everything. Except his favorite chair. For some reason, it spared that. And I said, tell me this. Because I, I knew the answer I was going to get. I said, how much data did you lose? He said, zero. Because all the information, it was digital. It was on a server somewhere else. It was also backed up somewhere else beside that. So client records, financial records, all of that that could have been a catastrophe. No. So now he was looking at, we need to buy new tables and chairs and desks and that sort of thing and new paint job and just repair from the fire. But he was still up and going. I, th I think he worked from home for a few days, but they still had all their data. We're more secure now than we ever have been with that sort of stuff. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And I'm, I'm also curious in terms of you're sort of at your own education experience and I know there may be a teacher yeah. or, or, or a situation that you remember and, and I, especially as that often sort of takes you through for people who've actually then been working in schools as well. Is there is there a memory or an experience that you'd like to share? Gosh, there are there are so many. Um, you know, when I look back over my school career, the things that, make, that have made a difference, 
I want to credit the elementary school experience that I had with just sort of the culture of weaving music into the school day. It was in first grade that I learned all those Christmas carols, and it was in like first, second, third grade. All those 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 patriotic songs. Uh, it, it was just part of the culture. And to this day, I can tell you that the sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace, where hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Now, I didn't learn that in a college nuclear physics class. I learned that in Dorothy Gass second grade class because those were the lyrics to a song that she taught us. I've often heard it say that 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 what children learn through music, they do not forget. And I think that's very true. And so fourth grade came along and we all learned the tonette. So that was my first, that was my introduction to playing what was a real musical instrument. And it was not for those who were musically gifted or musically interested. It was for all of us. And our teacher, Jan Brown, when the music teacher would come in to teach us tonette, she didn't look at that as a time to go and take a break. She was in there with us, learning so that on the days the music teacher wasn't in our class, she was showing us how to play the tonette. So that, yeah, that's one of those very memorable experiences that that really made a difference for, you know, the rest of my life. Uh, because, I, be, you know, as we've talked about, I became a band director. And then, of course, as you would imagine, my band directors, Tom True and Tommy Brannon, who, you know, kept pushing the envelope. Uh, you know, success was not measured by whether your average was 92 versus 100. There, there was no such thing as perfection. There was no such thing as a perfect score. There was always another hill to climb, music that was a little more difficult, uh, being able to play with a little bit better tone quality, and that encouragement to go and find a recording of someone who plays your instrument really well and listen to that so that you can develop an idea of the sound that you're going for. So you're a little eighth grader listening to a professional musician. Now, am, am I getting that same sound? No. But am I sounding better than most junior high kids? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So it it, it was it was having that those role models way back then, and realizing that we've all got to keep doing the same thing. We we've all got to have something out there that we're looking at that we're trying to move to yeah i love that and and obviously as a musician myself like i can completely relate yeah. to all, all of those things all the way up through like i say from school into college and even as a professional mm -hmm. still listening to all those different things um is there a best piece of advice you've ever been given or also is there maybe a piece of advice you might give your younger self now that you think would have a real big impact you Never do things by yourself. As a younger person, I thought, you know, if, if you work, work really hard, you'll be successful. Success or failure, it, it, it's on you. You do the things you're supposed to do. You're going to be fine. But the older I've gotten, the more I see that people who have been successful in, in their fields, they've had a role model. They've had a mentor. They have developed the relationships with other people 
that have helped them that when it comes time to apply for a job, that person that's going to put in a good word for you with the right person. And you've developed the kind of relationship and the kind of trust that they know that when they are recommending you and they're putting in that good word, that they're not putting their professional reputation on the line. That, uh, you know, you're not going to embarrass them. That that you're, you're going to really sort of help them with the job that you do. And that it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's a sign of intelligence. Because what you find is when you ask someone for help, they think you're the smartest person in the world. Because when you needed help, look who you had the wisdom to ask. And the most successful people are glad to give it to you because when they were your age, they were in the same predicament and it was somebody else who helped them. So, you know, ask yourself, who is it Who is it that you would like to know that you don't know right now? And how could that introduction be made? And how could you start to form that relationship? Yeah, I love that. There's, there's, so much, there's so much wisdom there and so much truth in there. And I think, like you say, a lot of it is just framing what your perceived ideas are of of like say being supporting yourself and, and giving yourself the best chance and yeah really really interesting um and is there a resource that's had a big impact on your life and this can be anything from a podcast a book a video film and anything which you, you'd like to share there is a book called time power written by dr charles hobbs who recently passed away uh, the book came out in 1987, and it landed on my radar somewhere around 1995 or so. But it it was a a book about time management and how to use a the day timer as a paper planner, just a good organizational system. And at the time that I came upon the book, while well, I was using a day timer, the the reason that it has stayed so important to me even though I'm not using a paper planner anymore, was it provided the challenge to, in a digital world, could I now write something that was as elegant and as nuts and bolts and as reader-friendly? And to me, that's always been my model of what a good time management book needed to be. Certainly to answer the why is time management important and so forth in theory and that sort of but then to break it down to exactly what to do so that it's easy enough that someone else could go i could do that that makes so much sense why didn't i already think of that before so thanks to dr charles hobbs who uh, I think he was in his 90s when uh, when he passed away just several years ago. But I'll always be grateful for him. And uh, as we're talking with each other right now, that that book, Time Power, is about six feet from me right now. Fantastic. And we'll have links to all of these things in the show notes so yeah. people can, can go and find out more. Um, and just as we wrap up, um, FIRE as an acronym is something which is obviously important to us here on Education on FIRE. Um, and that refers to feedback, inspiration, resilience, and empowerment. So I'm just always curious, what's your sort of initial reaction to that? Is Does one of them stick out or anything you'd like to think about there? 
You know, when I read that acronym and how it applied to to my life and an example from my life, uh, my first principal, you know, again, I'm junior high band director. So I was, hi- I was actually hired in the middle of the year. So here's this junior high, uh, 1,200 kids. I'm the only new teacher at that point. I'm being hired in the middle of the year. And our principal is a guy by the name of Harry Anderson. Uh the best thing he did was support teachers. You know, he wanted the best for his students, and he felt like he could best give it to them by putting in front of them the very best teachers he could find and supporting those teachers so that they would want to stay in that place. So there were so many afternoons where it would just be he and I hanging around after school and the wisdom he would impart. And the strongest thing he did was not only the support and not only the things he would say to me about what he appreciated with my teaching or good things he was saying, it would be those things that he would tell other people that he knew would come and tell me. So you can imagine, here I am, 22, 23 years old, and other older teachers in the building are coming to me going, well, let me tell you what Mr. Anderson told me about you. And it would be, wow. And he shared this with other people. So, you know, that, that's the kind, that kind of feedback that's coming through other people. Um, oh, early on, you know, it was, uh, well, how's that new band director of yours working? And he had only been on the job a couple, you know, a couple of weeks. And, he, and uh, so what got back to me was, well, I tell you a couple of things I'm seeing already. He beats me to work every morning, and he always wears a tie. <laughs> well, there were two things right then. I said, well, for the next 30 years, I was beating everybody to work, and I was always wearing a tie. Amazing. That's so, so great, and, I, and I've never heard that, that explained in that way before about the feedback through other people as well, and you're right, it's so powerful when you yeah. hear it in that sort of two or three people um, down that conversation. Amazing. Frank, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom. It's been it's been incredibly insightful and I've got a million things which I'm already thinking I need to start to, to put into place to certainly help my life as well. Um, Absolutely, so tell, yeah. So tell people where they can where they can go and find out some more. Come over to my website, frankbuck.org and get on my email list because uh, when I do a new podcast episode or a new YouTube video or post something to my blog, You'll get an email. You'll know about it. I'm also going to give you two free gifts. If you like that little idea about the tickler file, well, the first thing you'll get will be the first chapter from one of my books that talks all about how to set the thing up. And then a couple of days later, after maybe you've had a chance to get the tickler file set up, a free ebook on how to set up and use Remember the Milk to get those tasks digital. So uh, it, it has been a pleasure. Mark, I, I really love doing this kind of thing where we're connecting with people who know you, but they've never heard of me. And so I, I hope that these will now be people that uh, decide I'm a pretty good guy to learn more about. And likewise, uh, people that have been following me that hear this episode because they know me and like to hear me, that are going where has this podcast been all my life? And they go back and they binge on all the other episodes. So I think it, it's really a win-win. It, it, it has been a delight. I appreciate so much you having me on here today, Mark.
Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.